Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. I am going solo for this episode. No Gavin today. And the Knicks lost 112 to 100 at home to the Milwaukee Bucks. The starters looked terrible. The bench looked awesome. They almost led the Knicks to another comeback. Uh, the Knicks were down by 20 plus points and the bench did their best to almost get them all the way back there and just couldn't quite come up in the end. But lots to talk about. Small picture, big picture, whatever picture you want to talk about. I'm going to be talking about it next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it, and as always, I'm I'm loving sausage McMuffins. That's my that's my jam. Anyway, I am Alex Wolf. I am editor in chief of Knicks Site, the Strickland also writing about the Knicks for clutch points this year. Uh, and this is a, a loss episode of Locked on Knicks. The Knicks lose 112 to 100 to the Bucks, And I'm going to lead things off with two things that were tweeted by people that have been on this podcast before uh, that we love very much, but that, that tweeted two things that basically tell the story of this game and have been telling the story of the Knicks lately. So Dan Devine, uh, if you're not following him already, your man Devine from The Ringer, says Kemba Fournier, RJ Randall, Mitch has now been outscored by 64 points in 205 minutes this season, according to NBA stats, making it both the most used and worst lineup in the league thus far. Bad times. Agreed, that is terrible. And that only makes this next point uh, even more depressing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, from Chris Herring, who you might know is at Herring underscore NBA. Of course, uh, make sure to pre-order Blood in the Garden, that his, his new Knicks book coming out. We're going to have, Gavin and I will have a review of that up at some point or another. Uh, but Herring says, the most efficient five-man lineup in the NBA so far, with at least 50 minutes played, quickly Rose, Burks, Toppin, Gibson, are plus 19.9 points per 100 possessions in 61 minutes. And uh, according to the screenshot on his tweet, that places that grouping ahead of Draymond Green, or sorry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey for the Philadelphia 76ers, who are obviously one of the better teams of the NBA, despite the fact that the Knicks beat them the other day. And... That, that was just sort of the story of this game, right? So the Knicks, you know, the starters really struggled in this game. 
and Julius Randle was the only one to score in double digits with 16 points. He actually came out and was kind of carrying the offense early. Like he was, he was basically the reason that the Knicks were in it to start this game uh, was because, you know, Julius was doing his Julius thing and carrying the team and carrying the offense, making sure that there was some points going up on the board, but otherwise across the board here, I mean, even Randall didn't end up having that great of a shooting game, six of 15 for 16 points, five rebounds, one assist in 27 minutes. Uh, you have Kemba shooting one of seven in 18 minutes for two points. Fournier, one of five in 19 minutes for just two points. RJ, three of eight in 21 minutes for nine points, which uh, I guess is probably about the least egregious of any of the starters. Mitch, who, you know, you can't necessarily count on for scoring any given night, only three points, one of one shooting in 23 minutes. I mean, it was just, it, it was every bit as pitiful as it sounds for the starters. You know, they, they, especially not so much in the first half, you know, I actually give them, I give them props. They came out looking pretty good, I would say, in the first quarter. You know, they they were conceding some shots to the Bucks, but I, I thought that they sort of did the thing that the Knicks do or, or did do last year, at least, where they were sort of selectively giving up looks well enough. You know what I mean? Like they were they were closing in on Giannis, but it wasn't egregious. You know, they weren't doing it too much. And that was creating some open threes for the Bucks, but you kind of just play the percentages at that point. And then unfortunately the Bucks shot, I think it was like 87 and a half percent on threes in the first quarter. I think they made like nine of 11 maybe or something like that. It was a lot. I mean, they made way, way too many threes. Um, and it, it was just kind of nothing you could do about it. They weren't even all wide open. Some of them were lightly contested. Some of them didn't really look like they should have just immediately splashed. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that the Knicks were also generating pretty good shots. They just weren't hitting them themselves. But then, as is the case, you know, recently, the bench came in. They played they played pretty well. And, you know, things stayed at a reasonable level. Like, the Knicks were down nine uh, to end the first quarter. And they wound up going into the half down nine as well. And the, the bench did a pretty good job. They kind of kept things, kept things, you know, pushing along at least. And... You know, Obi Toppin didn't play a ton of, of time, which was frustrating as usual. Uh, Emmanuel quickly at that particular moment had not played a ton either, although he played a little more than than he has recently, which was nice. Uh, but, the you know, the bench did a pretty good job, and then the starters came back in and just kind of farted around and ended up going into the half tied. So, or sorry, not tied, but, you know, in the same hole that they were in at the end of the, the, um, the first quarter, I should say. But anyway, so then the second half rolls around, and this is where things really got ugly. And here's where I'll introduce another stat that is local to this game. So for this entire game, uh, and I know plus minus is sometimes a flawed stat, but sometimes it also tells a pretty good story, I think. And in this game, it definitely had a story to tell, particularly because the starters played with the starters and the bench played with the bench generally in this game. And that's where this kind of narrative was was woven here. Uh, so out of the starters, every single one of them finished in plus minus negative double digits. The best one was Mitchell Robinson at a minus 15 in 23 minutes. The other four starters, so Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, all finished negative 20 or worse in this game. 
Campbell Walker and Evan Fournier were negative 22 in, again, 18 and 19 minutes. Julius Randle was a negative 26 in 27 minutes, and R.J. Barrett was a negative 28 in 21 minutes. So that is putrid. And conversely, the bench was, every single one of them was positive. Taj Gibson was a plus three in 25 minutes of action. And then every one of the other bench players was plus double digits off the bench. So Obi Toppin was a plus 14 in 21 minutes. Derek Rose, a plus 10 in 30 minutes. Alec Burks, plus 10 in 29 minutes. Emmanuel Quickly, plus 16, team high in 27 minutes. And it was so apparent why. You know, the the starters came out in the third quarter and managed to take what was once a nine-point deficit. And then I think at one point gave up a 14-0 run, or it might have even been more than that, to the Bucks allowing them to extend the lead well over 20 points. Uh, I I forget exactly what the largest lead was, which I can check very quickly. Largest lead was 24 by the Bucks, which they achieved in the second half. And it was just another, another byproduct of just a terrible effort by the starters. Like they came out and it almost seemed like they were, they were showing their bellies like minutes into the second half when it, you know, you should be, treating that as your opportunity to, you know, make a comeback and do something on your home floor. And instead, I mean, it, it it's getting a little annoying, if I'm being completely honest. I understand part of Kemba Walker's thing is that he's a very happy dude and he lets that show in his play and how he is as a person. And I have nothing against Kemba Walker, the person, but there is something that irks me about when a player is actively part of a team giving up a an enormous lead to the opposition and then goes to the bench like smiling and laughing and having a good time and that's exactly what Kemba did in this game and it was kind of just seemed like the attitude of the starters in the third quarter after they fell down so big it was like well that's it for this game we'll just head to the bench you know send the bench guys in and then we'll come back in to you know finish farting around later and like not win this game and the bench said no we're gonna try and we're going to defend and we're not going to i mean the thing that i alluded to in the fir- in the first little bit of this when i was talking about it is that they were initially smartly i think sending doubles at giannis or sometimes even triples to try to make get him to make a quick decision it was forcing some turnovers early in the game which was good I, even if you know the the bucks were making some threes off of it but then in the third quarter, they were just lackadaisically doing it and not being prepared to close back out on their man. So it was linked to even more open threes and just terrible looks in general. And on top of it, they weren't even doing as good of a job defending Giannis at that point. So, you know, it kind of just led to this like situation where Giannis was playing better than he should have been. And the rest of the guys were still getting open looks. And, and that's just never going to work. You know, that's, that's not a good strategy to go with. So... <sighs> You know, the starters come out, the bench comes in, and things got way better. You know, Emmanuel quickly played like a dynamo in this game. Derek Rose had a tough first half, came back in the second half, and I, it felt like he didn't miss a shot the entire time. Obi Toppin did his usual thing, just provided just a, a crazy amount of energy and a crazy amount of, of you know, pop off the bench coming into this and, and just 
you know, blitzing the Bucks over and over with transition opportunities and backdoor cuts for dunks and, you know, hustle plays, getting rebounds for putbacks. And he did pretty much everything that you could have asked him to do. Um, I'm going to continue talking about the role that the bench played here in just a second, but I do just have to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, well, not baseball anymore, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so to continue with the effort that that the bench gave, I mean, they, they weren't just playing harder than the starters because that was a really low bar to clear. It, it was that they were playing smarter too. You know, the thing was, was that a lot of times, so for example, where the, where the, the first string offense or sorry, first string defense was, you know, crowding Giannis and trying to get to him and over committing and then not closing on any shooters and thus it, but even, you know, not closing in properly on Giannis even, and still allowing him to, I mean, he had like an off night by his standards but still ended up with 15 points, 15 boards, eight assists, you know, on five of 15 shooting. That's still not like the worst game of his life. Uh, so you, you, you didn't affect him that much. And he was also a team high plus 21 for the Bucks in 38 minutes. So like Giannis was doing his thing. You had to, at a certain point, just kind of trust your defenders to be able to at least handle him one-on-one -on -one a little bit. And to be fair to Mitchell Robinson, like, he had some lapses in this game, which was mostly what it's been recently, where it's struggling, you know, getting, making adjustments on defense. But his one-on-one -on -one defense of Giannis was actually pretty solid. You know, he got one kind of iffy call called against him with Giannis early, where he got called for a reach. And then, you know, it, it just kind of seemed like from there on, Tibbs, I don't know, maybe it was just like, let's not get Mitch in foul trouble and decided to just throw this like double, triple, whatever team at Giannis all the time. But they were, they were using it way too liberally, you know, to the point where then the Bucks just knew it was coming. So they were like, oh, just give it to Giannis, and then he'll kick it to someone. And that's why he ends up with eight assists for the game, even though he didn't have his best scoring performance. But the second team defense was doing so much better. They were, you know, Taj Gibson. I, I, I don't know how many times I can, like, praise this guy, but I don't know how in his mid to late 30s, He's still able to like one-on-one -on -one defend Giannis Antetokounmpo, the a two-time MVP, former Defensive Player of the Year, reigning Finals MVP and, and champion. I mean, this guy scored fifty on the Suns in a Finals game, and yet Taj Gibson, on one sequence in particular in this game, literally like put the clamps on Giannis twice in a row, one-on-one. -on -one. Once, you know, got a, a block on him. And then secondly, after Giannis kind of recovered the block because it was it was blocked softly by Taj. So Giannis got it back. Giannis takes a second to regroup himself, tries to go at Taj again and throws up another crappy shot. And it was just, I mean, it was masterful what, what Taj was able to do with him to neutralize him. I think that was probably the turning point for the Knicks because then they were able to keep guys out on shooters more 
and the Bucks, right up until the very end when the Knicks finally tired out, were not able to, you know, keep up with with what the the Knicks bench guys were doing because they were, you know, not overcommitting to helping Giannis, which was exactly what the starters were doing. And it just was such a better strategy. And and ultimately it was why the bench then was able to make this comeback where they, you know, make up a, a 20 points worth of ground and get to within four points of, you know, getting back. Well, actually, they, it's not even that they never got there. They did tie the the Bucks at one point, quickly tied uh, with a few minutes, like I want to say like five minutes remaining. And then it, it reached a point where the Bucks were only up by like four with a couple minutes to go. And then there was this there was this key moment where Obi went up for a dunk on Giannis and got blocked, but initially it was called a foul. If that would have been left as a foul, Obi gets two free throws, maybe he gets within two, maybe that allows the momentum to stay more. But they stop the play there, gets the gets the guys cooled off. They review it. They turn it into a jump ball at half court. Clyde was very confused as to why the Knicks didn't load up both sides of the court and instead loaded up the defense, thinking that they were conceding the tip to the Bucs. I kind of just saw it as they were only playing it as if Obi got it behind him, but otherwise just wanted to be safe, but whatever. Uh, at any rate, the Bucs, uh, I think at that moment, got a three again, or at the very least scored. And then the floodgates just kind of opened. You know, Grayson Allen and Pat, Pat Connington made a few more threes. And then Next thing you know, like yada, 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 the Knicks lose by 12 points. And, and that's it for the game. But they fought so hard. You know, I kind of wanted this for the bench, but I, I almost appreciate the fact that they still lost a little more as it pertains to the starters because I hope that they realize that something has to change here, you know, and maybe it's even a change to the starting lineup itself. You know, maybe sit someone down, like maybe sit down Fournier and start IQ. Honestly, maybe start IQ and Rose. Maybe sit down Kemba and Fournier and let them come off the bench for a minute and give them almost like a some time to warm up and you know find their groove again. But I just I don't I I just don't see how this is this is gonna work, you know, with these starters right now because I can understand cold spells and stuff, and those happen, and there was a cold spell in this game, but they also just gave up. And you know, <sighs> I can understand if you have a if you have an off shooting night, sure, you, you maybe would feel that way sometimes. But these guys are seasoned professionals. The whole reason that the Knicks brought in Kemba and Fournier was because they are guys that are, you know, well into their careers. They're good vets. One is a four time All Star. The other one ha has been, you know, arguably the best player on his team a couple of times. Has been a fringe All Star for years in Fournier. You know, you bring these guys in because you think that they're going to give you their all at all times. And then now you're seeing where they're just kind of perfectly willing to throw in the towel and say, oh, the game's over in the second or third quarter. And I I, I just don't really think that's acceptable. Uh, at any rate, I got to take my second break here. So this episode of Locked on Knicks is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. 
you know, I've, I've told the story a bunch, but, uh, you know, over the summer, took a road trip to Lake George. was coming home real tired, a little hungover. Best part of the, the trip home was stopping at McDonald's, grabbing like a McDouble and some French fries and some McNuggets and chilling with my buds and drinking that McDonald's Coke and having that little caffeine boost to get us the rest of the way home. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Nick's watch party? I still haven't said it. I, I don't I don't know who's saying it. I can't I can't tell. Uh but all I know is I'm loving it. And all right, so we're back. I, I figured in this this last bit I could talk a little bit about maybe what we could do to change things here, right? Because I just think that there's something broken about this team right now. And, you know, I can, I can appreciate, you know, it's, it's kind of good problems, right? Like the Knicks clearly have some problems and yet via the amount of talent on the team, there's still seven and five. So that that's awesome. You know, but Derek Rose kind of alluded to it uh, in his post game comments where, I mean, he wasn't blaming the starters. He, he, you know, did the good thing that, you know, a good leader and a good teammate does and kind of made it an everybody problem. But he mentioned, you know, like we can't come out flat. We can't, we can't keep just kind of like dawdling around. Like we're, he, he finally said it. Someone had to say it. And I'm glad to know that someone at least has this amount of self-awareness. He said, we're not good enough to come out and not give hundred percent effort or I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically that. And he, the, the, we're not good enough part definitely left his lips. I forget if he said, you know, whatever after that. But basically, that's the message. He knows this team is not good enough to not give 100% effort. And we've seen that. They can't They can't give, you know, 50% effort against anybody. But you definitely can't do that against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, what was probably the most concerning about this game is that, by and large, against the good teams, the Knicks have kind of stepped up this year. It's been against the bad teams that have been the issue, where it seems like they take their foot off the gas and whatever. This game, they kind of they they were competitive through the first half. You know, really, all they needed was for the Bucks to just like stop hitting like ninety percent of their threes and hitting really hard ones at that, and they could have made a comeback in this game. I think fairly easily, and they could have. You know, the starters could have started that comeback, and then the bench could have continued it, and the starters could have come back in to finish it the way that you know the, the way that it was intended, the way that things are supposed to work. But instead, the starters just kind of came out and and just rolled over. And that was it. And that was all that they cared to do. And, you know, it's it's just, you know, you can't keep having that happen and, and expect to have the season go well. Because, again, as Rose said in his postgame comments, like, it, you start doing this win-loss, win-loss thing, and suddenly, you know, the season has flown by and you're a 500 team, you know, and you don't – this Knicks team is better than a 500 team. Last year's team was, like, 10 games over 500. You know, so there's there's absolutely no excuse for this team that got so much better in the offseason that has a year older Emmanuel Quickly, a year older Obi Toppin, a year older R.J. Barrett, year older and wiser Julius Randle, uh, you know, Derek Rose coming back, still playing amazing. Taj Gibson somehow getting a year younger in the offseason. You know, Mitchell Robinson putting all the all this bulk and everything. And you bring in Kemba Walker and Fournier. There's no way that this team should be worse than last year's team. So. Uh, you know, it's, and they're not to be, to be clear. You know what I mean? There's going to take, there is an adjustment period for all teams, especially when you add two new players to a starting lineup and all this stuff. 
as a Knicks fan, we should know this. You know what I mean? You should know. Yeah, it, things take time, and that's why the Knicks sucked for so long. Was because every single year they would bring out a whole new starting lineup. You know, half their bench would change. They would have no roster continuity, and that's how you had like Frank Nilakina being far and away the the longest tenured Nick last year when he was drafted in 2017. You know, and like Kevin Knox, I think right now is the longest tenured Nick drafted in 2018. Um, so that that's how you run into these sort of problems, like it is lack of continuity. So. Of course, there's going to be an adjustment period. We're probably still going through that, but time does fly. Like we are now, it's over an eighth of a way into the season. So, you know, as quick as it feels like this has been so far, it's been almost pushing a month since the season started at this point. And before you know it, you know, we're going to be at the 20 game mark, which is the the quarter way mark of the season, roughly. And then pretty soon you're at the 30 game, 40 game, whatever mark. And then these things haven't, haven't fixed themselves. So how I would maybe fix some of these, these problems and maybe, you know, give the Knicks a a better chance on any given night, more small ball. First off it, like I could not believe that of all games that the small ball lineup did not get any run in this one. And I understand Taj was playing well. I also think the Tibbs was sending a message down the stretch by not putting any starters in. So that, included lumping Julius Randle into that, even though I thought Randle actually had a really good game. And like, again, it's not fair for me to rip on Julius Randle when I wasn't happy with some stuff he was doing early in the season without then pointing out, like he was the only guy out of the starters that I think was really trying in this game. Like he, he put in good effort in the first quarter. Like he came out with some fire. He was defending really well. And he, I thought was defending well enough in the second half as well. And was also the only guy trying to like really generate offense and, stuff like that. And he was the only guy that was making shots. So putting him back in would not have been a bad thing to me. And the way to do it would have been putting him in in small ball. Because I think if if there's ever any team that you could potentially do that with, it's this Bucks team. Because Randall has shown in the past, like he can hang with Giannis. It's not, you know, Giannis is Giannis. So it's not a one-to-one comparison, but he can hang with Giannis. And he can actually, I mean, he does a pretty good job when matched up one-on-one with the offense when Randall is is on offense you know what i mean so i i think that that was worth exploring in this game it's definitely worth exploring more going forward obviously there's some situations where you can't go small ball but Tibbs seems to think that there are no situations where you can go small ball and that is definitely not the case uh so start doing more of that i mean we saw it work out of necessity in literally the first game of the season and guess what that was like one of the more inspiring wins the knicks have had this year with that you know, come back and the win there using small ball and having Obi Toppin play the most minutes he's played throughout this whole year. Like there are times when Obi and Randall are literally the two best players to touch the floor for the Knicks in any given game lately, or at least it feels that way. It's tough to completely say so because the numbers don't match with Obi because you can't accrue numbers when you're not playing. But I mean, there are times when those two seem like the two best players to touch the floor for the Knicks why not put them on the floor together and just give it a shot? My God, if it, if it really goes off the rails, like in a game like tonight, if it really went off the rails in the fourth quarter or something, who cares? I mean, at that point you were, you were already down 20 at one point. You're making this comeback. If you seed a few more points, you end up losing anyway. Like the, the bench guys were going to get tired regardless. So it would have been smart to at least try to insert maybe even like RJ and Randall, just to get a little bit of fresh legs out there, maybe take out like Burks and Taj and see what you could do with Rose IQ and Obi along with those two. 
I mean, you know, it's it's worth experimenting with and it's worth trying, even if you think, you know, if you're Tibbs, like, oh, no, the other team has a guy that's too big for those two guys to deal with. Just give it a shot every once in a while. Maybe it'll work. Like, I think that Randall and Obi might surprise you in that regard because Obi has looked like a really good, like, I don't want to say full rim protector, but at least a guy that has really good timing on blocks this year and can give you some little semblance of something like rim protection. Uh, another thing that I'll potentially do to try to solve this issue right now, start Emmanuel quickly over Kevin Walker. And maybe this is not the answer that some people want to hear. Like maybe some people want to hear Derek Rose. That would be fine. That said, I think Derek Rose fits a really important role for the bench, which is a creator. You know, he pushes the pace. He is consistently getting the ball to Obi Toppin in transition. Uh, he runs pick and rolls with Taj Gibson, you know, whatever. He has good chemistry with that that lineup. That's not to say IQ doesn't, but IQ can also, you know, play off the ball in that starting lineup. He can, you know, he could do that better than Kemba can, I think. And, you know, he can make spot up threes. He's been doing that recently. He can make step back threes. He's been running really good pick and rolls lately. So he could run those with Mitch. He could run that with Randall. God forbid we ever run a pick and roll, pick and pop for Randall again after that work during preseason. And then the Knicks just decide to basically never do it again. You know, he has good chemistry with all those guys. And he provides a sort of spark that if you get that spark out there first thing to start the game, maybe that's the way to go. I mean, I would say just like, and and it, I don't, I still don't think the Kemba has been as bad as Peyton was at times last year. Um, though it's not exactly, I mean, it's bad that, the thought has crossed my mind of like, oh, where are we at with Kemba after these last few games versus where we're at with Peyton? But like, something's not right with Kemba right now. So sit him down, you know, put IQ out there and don't make the same mistake that you made last year of having this kid in IQ who's flourishing on the bench and looks like he might be ready to take a step into the starting lineup and then just saying no for no apparent reason and, and not giving him the shot. I mean, at this point, just mix something up. Like it, every it feel one thing that does feel very similar to last year is that almost every single game now the Knicks are falling in a hole that they have to dig back out of, and that's counterproductive. You want to start above the other team. You want to start off good, you know, and that's how things were starting early in the season, but they just haven't been that way since. So try something different. Put IQ out there as your starter. See how it works, and mingle him a little bit with the bench before you sub him back out or whatever, and then you know maybe let. Kemba Walker try to cook against bench units for a little bit and see if maybe that that brings it back to where he used to be, or at least some semblance of it. Cause he just the last few games really has not looked good in that regard. Um, and then the the last thing, you know, and this is all very simplistic, obviously, but stagger Randall and RJ Moore with the bench. I mean, I sort of alluded to that a minute ago too, talking about what I would have liked the closing lineup to be. Try that more. And that goes right along with playing more small ball, but just try different things, but you know, RJ and Randall, I think, are your two best players. Stagger them with your other best players, the guys that have been the most consistently electric out there. And, you know, just put your two, you know, put Randall and RJ with your most energetic players and see what happens. Because the few times that they've done it, it's gone really well this year. You know, I think when they stagger Randall with some of the bench guys, when they stagger RJ with some of the bench guys, that worked well last year, too. Do that and and try to give them more of an opportunity. Stop with, I mean, Tibbs, I thought, was doing a decent job of sort of getting away from the platoon shift thing. And then now it's kind of just, 
fallen right back into it where he's treating these like like hockey lines or something where it's like okay first line second line you know you can't you can't just have you know like two starters out there and three bench guys or vice versa it's got to be this like within the course of about a minute or two you have to completely flip the whole thing over into all bench players and then within like a minute when the bench guys are leaving you make maybe two sub patterns and completely put the the starters back in it's just that's got to change too i think but I don't know. You know, the, the, the Knicks aren't in the worst place ever. They could, you know, certainly they could be under 500 or something right now. And very easily they could be under 500, you know, make no freaking mistake about it. But, you know, as of right now, they're, they're still in good shape at seven and five. So you don't want to marginalize that. But, I mean, it's very obvious from how Tibbs is talking and like his post-game conferences and stuff. I mean, he's gone from the guy that was even in losses, still kind of like cracking jokes and being like, oh, we'll figure it out, whatever. Today, he looked defeated in the press conference. And that's that is not par for the course for him lately. Like he has not not looked like that. He is he has not talked tersely like that. Like he he wants nothing to do with talking about this team right now. And that's worrisome. You know, I think things got to change sooner than later because you're, you have a good thing right now being at seven and five and the Knicks should really like count their blessings that they are even that good, but all it takes is one bad stretch and suddenly you're under 500 and the way that the East is looking this year, you, you don't want to be under 500. I think there's going to be a lot of competition. You're not going to see a situation this year where like the, seventh or eighth seed is only a couple games over 500. Like, I think you're going to have to be quite a bit better. And those last, those last two playing spots might be a little worse in the way of records, but I think you might see like the eight seed being a 500 team this year. So it won't be one of those situations where the Knicks can kind of hang on and be 500 for a long time and then go on a little mini winning streak and pop up to the four seed again this year. That's just not, that's not what the East is. The East is really scrappy this year. And it seems like pretty much every team can punch you in the mouth any given night. And that's to say nothing of the West too, which is still amazing. And still going to be really hard when the Knicks have to face them in a couple months, like ad nauseum, they're going to go on a lot of West coast road trips towards the end of the season. So now's the time to figure this stuff out. You got to figure it out sooner than later. Anyway, I don't think I have too much more to say. Uh, so this has been locked on Knicks. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, if you have been watching on YouTube, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a thumbs up and maybe even a comment, let us know you know what you're thinking about the Knicks right now, what you would fix, because there's there's obviously many things that you can pick from right now. But uh, definitely, definitely throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Even if you don't plan on watching, it helps us out a lot um, to just have that and, and hopefully helps our visibility so we can keep growing on a cool new platform. Uh, but at any rate, thanks so much, guys. Uh, we'll be back with at least one more episode this week, maybe two, depending on if I'm feeling frisky and I want to record another one for Friday. Uh, but if nothing else, I'll have a game recap for you guys on Saturday morning for Friday's game. And I think I have a special guest lined up. There's not going to be uh, Gavin again, but I, I think I have someone to come on and co-host with me. So uh, I will talk to you all at the very least on Saturday, maybe on Friday if something else comes up and I decide to record an episode. But until next time, guys, peace out. Thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon.